Welcome to the Beltway Briefing. My name is Blake Rutherford, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Alderman, the chairman of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, and Howard Schweitzer, the managing partner of Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies. Gentlemen, welcome. Blake, Mark. Happy post-Pennsylvania 18 Election Day, Mark. Um, that's where I thought we would begin our conversation. I had a hunch we might begin there, Blake. I, yeah, this is, this is I'm, I'm not hiding the ball on this one. This is, uh, I'm going to lob this up for you and see if you can, see if you can hit this one out of the park. Um, big developments in Pennsylvania last night. Uh, young Connor Lamb, first-time candidate, uh, managed to, at this stage, pull off uh, a victory over the Republican in a district that Donald Trump won by 20 points, that uh, the Republican did not face a challenger in the last two cycles. Um, and uh, tell me really what it all means. Well, I'm going to slightly amend one thing you said. It wasn't last night, it was this morning. Because <laughs> you and I, at least, Howard doesn't have to declare, but you and I, at least, were still watching at 3 a.m., I know. That is true. Blake, it is uh, more of the same. The beat goes on. Virginia, Alabama, now PA 18. It was a good night for Democrats. It was a bad night for uh, Ralph Saccone, but, but also for Donald Trump. It was a referendum on the president, and he dropped 20 points in 16 months, which is what we have seen elsewhere. And this is all about November. It's all about energy and, and enthusiasm going into the midterms, because as we know, as Howard is going to point out, this doesn't actually take back a seat in Congress since this seat is going to disappear at the end of the year with the new map, presumably. We could go down that rabbit hole if you want <laughs> later. But as a symbolic matter, uh, an, an excellent early morning uh, win for the Democrats, whether he wins or loses. Right. At this point, the narrative is set, it seems to be. he's He has won the day after media cycle, at least the morning cycle, um, since we're, we're coming to you at lunchtime. We'll see what we'll see yeah. what happens in the afternoon. Howard, what's your take on Pennsylvania 18? Uh, sorry, I wasn't sure if Mark's filibuster was over yet. <laughs> um, and look, and that I, reminds here, me of another here point. Here's yeah. my take on Pennsylvania. Here's my take on Pennsylvania 18. Mark called... Connor Lamb's opponent, Ralph Saccone. His name is actually Rick, which is... Um, it's the 3 a.m. thing. It, no, it's the fact that he was a horrible candidate and no one can remember his name thing. Candidates matter. He's a bad candidate. No one showing up to his rallies except for the one held with the President of the United States that wasn't even really a rally for the candidate, more a rally for the President. Speaking of filibuster. Yeah. Um, Candidates matter. He's a bad candidate. And candidates that are going to win um, elections into the fall are going to be the good candidates. And Connor Lamb is a good candidate. Uh, Rick Saccone was a bad candidate. Well, I agree that his name's Rick. Thank you for the correction. 
But Howard, I'm going to quote a great Republican philosopher, Sarah Palin. You can put lipstick on a pig, and it's still a pig. This was a defeat for the president and for the Republicans. Yes, he was a bad candidate, oh. but there was energy and enthusiasm. Clearly. Clearly. And this is a playbook. What happened last night, since it's not a real seat, what happened last night was Democrats uh, proved a playbook. And now the challenge is for us, us being Democrats, the challenge is to find good candidates. Yeah, which, by the way, there are many of. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are many very strong Democratic candidates running in congressional elections and local elections. It's brought a lot of people out. There's no doubt about it, which is why I've been saying and continue to believe that the House flips in the fall and um, the, the Republicans yeah. are in a lot of trouble. There's no question. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, an interesting data point, I'm going off, off NBC News, so I think we were talking about this earlier. <clears throat> there are 114 Republican-held House seats more competitive than Pennsylvania's 18th, if you go by Charlie Cook's partisan voting index. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, I mean, I, uh, well, it's not a statement, it's a question, but Howard, I want to come back to you because the there is this, at some point we do start to extrapolate. We start to look at what some of, are some of these races bellwethers or, you know, are they, are they, are they races that really are going to forecast yeah. what will happen in November. I mean, do we, at this point, do, do we make more of Pennsylvania 18 as, as the weeks go on, or do we diminish it in the same way we sort of lose interest in some of these special elections? I think it's the, I think it's the latter. I think, you know, it becomes a, a bit of a distant memory and we're on to the fall, but I, but I think it, I think, uh, it, it does portend bad things for for the yeah. for the R's. It's there's something. Obviously, people are not happy with people that voted for Trump last year. They didn't like Saccone, but they're also unhappy with Trump. There are enough unhappy with Trump that it's going to matter. Well, and Mark, Republicans abandoned <clears throat> what we we kept hearing all along was going to be their ace in the hole, which was tax reform. Right. The closing message, set aside whatever it was that Trump said at that, at, at, at his own rally, but their closing message was <clears throat> the same message we've heard Nancy from Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. Right. And, right. and what do you make of that? I, I think a couple of things, uh, Blake. I think that people out there in the country who don't live and work here, here being Washington where we're sitting, have had it with relitigating Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. They want to know in real time what each guy, man or woman who's running is going to do for them. And I think the Republican plan to run on the tax cut just simply failed in PA 18. If you hear the reporting from last night, it's anecdotal. Ah, come on. Bad candidate, horrible messenger. The, but no message. No, but no Marcy. message. Voter after voter told interviewers 
that they were worried about health care again. Yeah, yeah well, we again. saw that in Virginia. And they were worried about health care more than before because they were worried that the tax cuts were going to have to be paid for out of Medicare and Medicaid. And the Republican plan to put a couple thousand bucks in <clears throat> union members' pockets Mark, it, it Connor work. Lamb, <laughs> my 14-year-old daughter <sighs> last night, was watching the returns with me and said, Daddy, if he's a Democrat, why does he support guns? Connor Lamb... Great candidate for that district. Yeah. Right. Great candidate. Great candidate. And I think it matters who the candidates are. And by the way, by the way, yeah, you can talk about being moving past Nancy Pelosi and and Hillary Clinton all you want. If the House goes to the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi is going to be the next Speaker of the House. I disagree. Okay. I disagree on that. The the Bernie Sanders, Nancy Pelosi wing of the Democratic (laughs) Party loves the taste of lamb. Okay? They are going to eat this guy alive. They are going to control the narrative. Connor Lamb, a pro-gun Democrat, a conservative Democrat from Western Pennsylvania, is not going to control the Democratic Party's narrative. Can so, we roll back the tape? So, I, I so forget, you can be I forget so, saying that Speaker Lamb so, was going to be controlling. So you can. The, so you can look. It, it was a. It's a significant victory, but it's a significant victory over a bad candidate that isn't going to change the narrative in Washington. It is a significant symbolic victory. Unfortunately, it's not one of the seats. But let's drill down into the actual seats. I want to come back Mm -hmm. to something Blake said instead of arguing about something I didn't say. By the way, Connor Lamb has my vote for speaker, but I don't have a vote. So that isn't going to really carry the day. And I do disagree that Nancy Pelosi will be the speaker of the House when the Democrats uh, retake control. But we can argue about that in December after we've won it. 23 districts, back up a second, 24 seats needed to flip the House. 23 districts, Republican incumbent in districts that Hillary Clinton won. Those are very much in play. 114 some number. There's no question. I mean, look, I I told you two months ago that I think the House is going to flip. Last night was a further step in in that direction and i I do i want to step in here for just a minute because (coughs) there i mean again as we know good candidates bad candidates i i think there's an opportunity for the democratic party to to look at what connor lamb represents and find its way back no question to an audience that can actually help them win a general presidential election i tend to though agree with you that that it's good that's this party is trending in a direction that is going to make some of that challenging, but time will tell. And I think the speaker's race will be the thing that tells us that. I mean, uh, you know, the Democrats went went kind of hard left at the DNC. We're seeing challenges as a result of that yeah, decision. Um, so, so that'll be interesting. But, but I, I, I want to, I, I do want to come back to this notion of of issues because the 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 thinking was that good candidate, bad candidate, the Republicans had 
the, not only did they have Trump, they had the generic, they had, and they had tax reform, which we've talked a ton about. And none of that seemed to seem to work. I mean, it, it's sort of like this district, Saccone could have done nothing and still should have won. Right. Right. That's and the point. That's to what me, I'm trying to that's think. The that's the what point. I'm, and I'm just trying to reconcile. that he's a bad candidate and that I forgot his name. But he should have, without people even knowing his first name, he should have been able to win a district where the Democrats didn't even run a candidate in the last two congressional cycles. But there's something clearly going on out there which is trending, trending Democratic, not just better candidates, no question. A better candidate, by the way, 16 months ago, and we aren't discussing any of this because Trump isn't president, but we don't have to relitigate that either. I do not believe that people out there believe that the Republican economic agenda is working for them. I think the tax cuts, which were supposed to put a couple thousand bucks in everybody's pocket and carry the day in the midterms, just aren't selling. Well, it's too it's too fresh, and it's I, too fresh. I think the case. And, and you're. I mean, look. I I don't disagree in the sense that to see the economic benefit from tax reform, which. Look, Mark, you and I have talked to a lot of clients that are pouring investment into the United States as opposed to overseas because of this, but that takes time to work its way through the system. So it makes sense to me what you're saying, that the message of tax reform um, is going to take some time to resonate if it resonates at all, which I think it will, but it's not resonating now because there's no there's no real benefit yet. Well. I think that on the message point, there. Look, but the economy multi, is good. The econ, but that's the point, Howard. That is my point. My point is, you have a Republican president, a Republican Senate, a Republican House. They have collectively delivered, to the degree they influence it at all, a booming economy, and an historic tax cut bill. And last night. People yeah. who just 16 months ago went hard because for Trump said, I don't think so. Yeah, no, thank you. Because Trump isn't doing particularly well. Because they don't believe that the uh, see, Republican yeah. <laughs> economic agenda is see, good for See them. him right, firing well, his Secretary yeah. of State well, the day of the Pennsylvania exactly, 18 election. That's exactly where I'm going. Let's unpack this. But I, I want to unpack that. But before I do, I do want to, we've talked about the House. I do want to just touch in on the Senate, where it is not all cupcakes and unicorns for the Democrats. Um, polling out over the course of the last week or so, not looking great in Montana, not looking great in West Virginia, not looking great in Missouri, not looking great in Indiana, not looking great in North Dakota, which are the five five states where you've got Democratic incumbents that I think we'd all agree are the most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and so, so I mean, I think to, as I like to say, to be fair to the facts, let's, um, you, we have to acknowledge that despite what's going on on the House side, Senate side marks still an uphill climb for the Democrats. Uphill climb. They're not going to get there. Yeah. Be very surprised to see the Democrats take control of the Senate. Be very surprised if we don't 
actually lose a seat or two or three. So the, the wave that is coming, we think, and by the way, I, I want to say as part of uh, my filibuster here, the, the wave's coming today. You know, let check, let's right. check in in a month. Uh, right. This, yeah. this how time about, has how been... Just check how about six? Yeah, exactly. Who knows what's happening? I keep yeah. this open mainly because Trump, I, I've convinced every one of these is going to be a breaking news Trump situation. Right, right. Trump has not bent the cost curve in health care, but he has bent time. Time is being experienced. And look, well, it's, not, look it's, it's not unusual but, to see... This happened. I mean, well, it, historically hap is yeah, what it happened happens. to Obama. It happened to Reagan. I mean, come on. This is not. But I, I mean, I don't think that I don't think Trump is doing well. I mean, that's not that no. that's not I, breaking but, news. But I, would not, say, right? I, I, I would I would actually I would I would I would put a footnote because I, I do just want to touch in on this. He's got a 65 percent approval rating in West Virginia. He's got a 60 percent approval rating in North Dakota. He's got a 58% approval rating in Montana. Yeah. He's got a 55% approval rating in Missouri and a 53% approval rating in Indiana. So, I mean, it's not as though this is, you know, no, I mean. He it, hasn't collapsed mm -hmm. by any means. His approval rating in the reddest of red states remains high. And his approval rating among Republicans remains high. And we are not at all likely, Blake, to, to retake the Senate. It's all, coming back to it's all about point. getting out the vote, motivating people to get to the polls. Yeah. Some of those Democrats are going to win and some are going to lose. Yeah. Some are better candidates than others. Is, some have better opponents than others. It, it's and, and it's the luck of the draw. The problem is you, the map. you got to be very micro on all this stuff. It's Blake's point about raising Trump's approval ratings in those states as opposed to looking at it nationally. You gotta take a very micro look at each of these races, drill down on the quality of the candidates, the dynamics in the state, the economy, what's resonating, and that's what's gonna dictate the outcome. There's no force. I know you think that the election, that elections have been nationalized, but, um, I still think they're all politics. They're hyper local. local. Absolutely, so, all politics is local. So to that point, but we, it becomes nationalized when the president flies twice into a special election in Western Pennsylvania. Now, <clears throat> what'll be really interesting is to see how many incumbent Republicans or Republican uh, Republicans for open seats. Uh, how many want Trump to come in and campaign for them? <laughs> well, and and how many have the nerve to tell him not to? <laughs> well, I mean that, that I think that's that's yeah. that's the contrast. It will be interesting. But I, I, I want to come back but to But Howard the, wants to talk about Rex Tillerson. Well, I we, we are gonna talk about uh, sort of the, the sort of umbrella for, for for this little bit here is what is it about about the president that's causing that's causing some tension. You know, Howard talked about, you agree, the economy is very strong. Although we've had some interesting economic news. I mean, I want to touch in on on, on tariffs and, and sort of where yeah. the Trump White House is going from an economic perspective, because we we have seen transition. Gary Cohn is gone. Rex, not the Rex Tillerson, I mean, obviously Secretary of State, but, but these are, but had a 
esteemed career in business before. Highly related, actually. Right. Keep going. Exactly. Keep going. And so, um, so I thought we might just we might sort of touch in Howard first, kind of on the economic news that that we've seen, but also sort of the relationship and transition of some really key players in this yeah. administration. Well, on on the trade issue, I mean, again, you have to. Um, see what's happened this hour because he's already started to gut yeah. the the um, not to gut but to tweak the the tariffs. Um, I mean, look, personnel is policy, and as we've said a thousand times, and um, there are some um, departures in the White House that have had a significant impact on the president's policies in this area. Uh, For example, Rob Porter leaving the White House. He was, (laughs) he clearly needed to leave the White House. Clearly a bad guy. But he was one of the key people inside the White House pushing back on Peter Navarro, who's the president's trade counselor um, in this area. He got booted, <laughs> and guess what changed? Right. So personnel is policy. Um, the what I'm hearing on on trade is, frankly, a lot of complacency in the free trade community um, in response to the imposition of these particular tariffs. I think the the much bigger concern is um, holding the line there is not letting this escalate into a trade war. And I, the, the free traders in, in D.C., and I've been talking to some of them this week, are basically saying, look, like we'll go along with this if it doesn't turn into that. And, and that's kind of where I see it. Well, and, and, and the relationship that, that this has to Trump's desire, which he said time and again he wants to renegotiate NAFTA, he wants to reconsider some right. of those aspects right. um, and, and what that looks like. Mark, what's your take on 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 these issues and, and, and the relationship to sort of the, the overall political climate? Well, I guess a couple of things. One, I uh, reluctantly agree with Howard that uh, mm. personnel is policy and that it's not a coincidence that tariffs appeared after uh, personnel changed in in the White House. It's not a surprise that Trump made up a couple of numbers, 25% for this and 10% for that, and then walked back the numbers and opened exceptions. And and I am not an authority on trade, I, I will grant. But I don't know what his trade policy is because he doesn't know what his trade policy is. It's extremely confused. But as a political matter, the footnote I want to drop is that if you impose significant tariffs on steel and aluminum and still lose 20 points in PA 18, you got political Well, Connor Lamb was supportive of the tariffs. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't. It didn't do a damn thing for him because the Democratic candidate supported the president. But he didn't get the credit for for what. He but he's did. not on the ballot, Mark. But I mean, he he's on the ballot in a is. very general sense, Lipstick, but not on something like this, where the Democrat, 
where the Democrats supported the president. Lipstick on a pig. If the Democrat hadn't supported the president, then I would have a different view. But he supports Mark. He supported the the president. Believe the tariffs were going to. It's actually the opposite of what you're saying. The people voted for Connor Lamb, who supported the president. On this, if they on this issue, if they were voting tariffs, they were voting Republican. And they don't believe that any of this is going to help them. They think Mark because they Democrats supported the president. Maybe you didn't on this issue. Didn't stay up this late. Maybe Sophie. Ask her when you get home. Maybe Sophie. I definitely didn't stay up till three a.m. Blake and I were watching the interviews at three a.m. when the guys in the union hall were saying. I don't want to hear about tariffs. I want to hear about tax cuts. I want to hear about Medicare and Medicaid. And they are going to, said they're going to pay for all this stuff by taking my health care away. Which, that's where it's fallen down. And, Look, and the reality is that's an actual truth. I mean, that I, is not fake that. news. That's not fake news. I mean, right. we have heard that from Republican right. members in the Senate who right. have said we have got to, yeah. whether depending on the verbiage that, that they use, there is entitled reform is the only way to pay for this tax cut, they've they've all said they it out the loud. the third rail with uh, with the tax cut. They hit Medicare, Social Security, and Howard, you're gonna have to just get get Can we sleep go? on the weekends. You're gonna have to stay up late. I if you don't do this. need to stay up till three a.m. with you guys <laughs> texting about a house missed. seat that isn't even gonna be a house seat in six months. There is no oh. better entertainment on the planet than Steve Kornacki. I'd rather interviewing watch some woman at three a.m. I'd rather watch college basketball. Thank you very much. It wasn't on. The games yeah. were over. Yeah, the well, games were I, over. I mean, I think. I mean, last night's big winner, Connor Lamb. Last night's second biggest winner, Steve Garnacki no on, on MSNBC. I mean, the, no the, the clips are, are, are it's, spectacular. It's funny how Mark wants but, to keep going back to this yeah. election last night. Can, like, can, we, I thought we were moving on. But. I'm ready for let's, Rex let's, Tillerson let's, anytime you want. Let's actually, let's actually move on to one more bit of policy news before we come uh, back to this general staffing and what we expect um, what we expect of the White House, which is government funding. We've talked about... Yeah. We've talked about um, <laughs> we continue to talk about government funding on 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 uh, as we are all together. But Howard, what do, I mean, what do you make? We've got a couple of weeks before before Congress has has got to deal with this in in earnest. What do you what are you making of of the funding debate and what what might we see? Well, you're going to see a. I mean, um, is it everything? I it's mean, everything. Yeah. Every every policy issue. <laughs> That's in play in Washington. Uh, we and other firms and and associations and people on there, everybody's trying to get something into this omnibus, <laughs> to this big spending bill. Something's going to pass. It, you know, this is sausage making at its best. Yeah. And um, the the R's have set a deadline of this coming Monday for people to get their requests They're in, sausage. and then yeah. And, but something's going to pass. And, that, yeah, there are some big items out there like the Gateway Tunnel yeah. in New York and the border wall where Trump it's and Schumer. It's through wall, I, I learned what, yesterday. Trump and Schumer are going to be able to look right, right through it into. Going to do what they're going to do, but, but something's going to pass. And, you know, that's kind of was- that's the way Washington is actually supposed to work. It's supposed to happen six months ago, but 
So let's talk. Let's let's talk about what what is the talk of everything. Which yesterday the president, via tweet, fired his Secretary of State, uh, then fired the Undersecretary for contradicting the timeline. There was a be that as it may. Well, or um, the other way of saying that is for telling the truth. Well, I mean, I, I leave it to you all to uh, to editorialize, but be but but the the point is, I mean. This is not an insignificant development. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> By the so, way, this is, so this is, so that that is that is my lead in. I leave it to you say, to talk about. Uh, this, <laughs> I just want to say on our way into the actual discussion, one of the things that is most impressive about Donald Trump is how he keeps turning guys that we Democrats otherwise don't have much use for into folk heroes. He turned Jim Comey, who cost Hillary Clinton the election, into a hero. Everybody's sympathetic to poor Jeff Sessions being uh, All abused. All right, we get the point. Yeah, and now Rex Tillerson. He's no who folk was hero. He? he was awful Secretary of State. Terrible. <laughs> he is a serious adult. Let's, he is a serious adult. He was a terrible Secretary look, of State. The other thing um, Sophie said to me last night was... <laughs> Can Sophie join the She next should. Call? She yeah. should. She yeah. said, Dad, we're studying current events in uh, social studies, and this is a pretty interesting time to be studying current <laughs> events. Um, look, I mean, it's a, it, this is The Apprentice. This, it's a sideshow. It's a sideshow. And people that, people that wouldn't care about this in normal times care because he fired him by tweet, and people's eyes are glued to the television, and they want to know what's it, going on. It's, it's a, a sideshow, side but it but it matters. With, with lives, in no, the it, matters. Lives it matters. In the balance here. It matters, it's and it. By the way, state. It is highly related to the issue of tariffs, because what we're seeing is the globalist wing of the Trump administration disappearing, and the nationalist conservative element of the Trump administration taking over. 100% because personnel is policy and look at the issues I'm filibustering now sorry Mark that Trump disagreed with Tillerson on trade some new material this filibustering the Paris Accords NAFTA Iran the list goes on Qatar North Korea they had real policy disagreements they clearly had no personal rapport especially once (laughs) He called the president a moron, which, by the way, or a effing moron. Right? <laughs> right. So again, he was fired for telling the truth. But un- unfortunately, from my point of view, you know, you've got Gary Cohn leaving, you've got Tillerson leaving, Dina Powell's gone. We all know McMaster is is next. You've got the globalists being displaced, and you've got the Peter Navarros. Stephen and, Miller and potentially um, John Bolton and Larry Kudlow. I mean, you've got Mike Pompeo. Mm. You've got the conservative nationalist yep. wing of the Republican Party of the Trump administration that is ascendant, and that's, I think, what clearly that's what Trump wants, and that's what we're going to get, and it's it's uh, I, I a little think, concerning. I. I I agree, not even reluctantly. 
I agree that that is what is happening. I agree that it is very concerning because the serious adults, whether they're great secretaries of state or not, are are one at a time being fired and forced out. Right. These are not career decisions being made. By the made. way, Kelly's going too. Sooner or later. Because what I, I just wanted to put a, a supplemental point on that. Yes, I, I agree with you. That is what is happening substantively. But the, the even more primary <clears throat> and primal the even more primal point is that if you look cross-eyed at this president, you get fired. There is no greater anti-globalist, nationalist advocate than Steve Bannon. And he got bounced for looking cross-eyed at the president. And sooner or later, Kelly will go to, because he'll say something that the president doesn't like, Trump yeah, is... It is The Apprentice. Trump is a one-man band, and he is firing people who are trying to say something in addition to... He's not a one-man band, but he is... He can, he, he can be played. The conservatives inside the White House following Pence's lead <clears throat> are doing a better job of placating his ego and managing him from yeah. that perspective. They're not calling him an effing moron. Right. I mean, which that is, helps. by the way, you'd fire your secretary of state if he called you an yeah. effing moron too. Unless he was Thomas Jefferson. Um, that might be an exception. But the other exception is uh, Javanka. What, where are Jared and Ivanka in this globalist nationalist thing? Doing, and, and again, doing nothing. Doing well, nothing. Right. But my point is simply that They're, they're even, irrelevant. Even more primal, even more primal than policy and which side of the globalist divide you're on, even more primal is just the relationship with this man. Yeah. This man wants nothing to do with anybody who isn't kissing his ring. And Jared and Ivanka are still there doing nothing because one of them has the same last name. The, um, the, the irony of all this to me is... Trump is slowly getting rid of the corporate types and the generals and bringing well, in say, yeah. and bringing in politicos and professors. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's swamp draining. It, it's like <laughs> it is frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating on a lot of levels. And I've not been a supporter of the presidents politically, but it's like it, and it's going to come back to bite him. It's going to come back potentially to bite all of us. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, it seems to me, Trump, you know, Trump has said time and again, I like conflict. I like chaos. He's clearly got it in his head that somehow he's particularly, and I'm just talking about it from a management standpoint, you know, good at this, that all this, that the 43% turnover is somehow a, a good thing. Um, so it'll, it'll be very, very interesting. Um, to see to see what happens and maybe even to see what happens this afternoon because uh, well, know, there, who knows and there was another personnel development yesterday that we shouldn't ignore which is that the special assistant <sighs> to the president Please. 
Was this more lipstick? How much lipstick did you bring this morning to put on this? <laughs> no, it's here? not lipstick, but it's like who cares? Who I mean, cares? Who cares that the body man for the president is being investigated for serious financial <clears throat> crimes? Uh, who has walked knows? out of the White House <laughs> without being given a chance I, to retrieve his jacket? And it's salacious and, and walked, ridiculous. And but walked across the street to a senior advisor. It's salacious and, and ridiculous, but I'd rather talk about things that security. actually matter, which are it is a who the next Eric Tech sec, sec, blah, blah, Secretary of State is going to be. Well, we know yeah. that. The shifting deck chairs on. Yeah, I mean, but but I, let, me, let me just interject. I, I, well, I let me, thought let me personnel just is policy. You. I'm confused. Yeah, not his body man, Mark. But, but if you, the thing I think that, that makes this a bit unique is that coming you, <laughs> you're coming back to this point. is not first of all I, I 43% turnover is an extraordinary I mean if you are if you are managing any entity that kind of turnover is really really problematic second of all I think the one thing to think about is it's it's not just this guy I mean it's Porter it's Omarosa who had to be escorted out right. no it's bad like, I mean, it's just sort of like this this sense of whether you want to say it's a lack of professionalism, whether you want to say it's none of these people would have gotten a job in any other White House, which I tend to think is probably true. Um, but whatever it is, it's just sort of this sense that the West Wing is the Wild West, and and it's hard to run hard to run Cozen O'Connor public strategies, <laughs> much less much less. The, we we the, could do a the, whole call yeah. on that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's. So I, 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 I don't mean to make more, more of the body man because no, it is no. But your point is yeah, your is point is well taken, Blake. Look, there's a lot of silly and <clears throat> bad. Amorosa is silly. Obviously, she should have never had the job in the first place. You know, Rob Porter is bad. Yeah, Mark, the guy yesterday is. You know, it's more. Bad. It's, it's more of the same. It's, it's not him. It's more of the Look, same. It's Blake's point that there something is wrong. Culture in the West matters. Way. Tone at the top matters. It matters. And look, I've been in the room. I've been in the room. I was thinking about this this morning. I mean, tomorrow, who knows what happens tomorrow? You have to be prepared for the worst. You have to be prepared for the crisis that is tomorrow. And I shudder to think what. Um, well, I'm going back 10 years, yep. and I guess at some point I need to stop going back 10 years, <laughs> but I shudder at the thought of what it would have been like to try to rescue the financial system with, with these team. guys. Yeah. Right. That's I mean... Right. Yeah. And that's that ultimately becomes, I think, a whether it is fully apparent yet or whether it becomes more apparent as we get closer to November, Mark, I think that's the... The undercurrent here is that at some point there is just a lack of a lack of trust that this group can manage a potentially cataclysmic event, whether right. it's economic or um, or or otherwise. And so, you know, time will tell. Uh, we're we're nearing the end of our time today. Uh, Mark is back from Hawaii. He's promised to 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 do some real work. So uh, we'll let him get to it in a minute, but. I want to I want to kind of wrap up with just some some highlights. I mean, I, I want to get both your thoughts. We've talked about a lot. Howard, what do you think is the most consequential thing that happened um, over the course of the last week, ten days? I 
I'd have to say Tillerson. I mean, it's it's the it's the continued ascendancy of that nationalist conservative yeah. um, wing of, of the White House that's very consequential. What do you think, Mark? I think last night, and I think last night because we got in this mess by losing an election. The only way out of this mess is winning an election. Robert Mueller isn't getting us out of this mess. Gary Cohn isn't getting us out of this mess. The only way out of a, a mess caused by losing an election is winning the next one. And last night was another step in that direction. November can't come soon enough, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And winning back the House isn't winning the White House. It's the House, not the White House. Oh, it's huge. But we, it's huge. we got to keep walking in that direction and hope that nothing bad happens. What uh, next seven ten days? What are you what are you paying attention to? Personnel. They're talking about booting Shulkin, booting McMaster, moving Perry from Energy to the VA. Look, I spent my government career in the executive branch. Personnel is policy, as I have said ad nauseum, and these decisions actually matter. And, and clearly, there's going to be some change. NCAA tournament. Yeah, that was, was going to be my answer. Um, yeah. We're supposed to be go, honest here, yeah, right? Go, right. go yeah. blue. 7 p.m. Yeah. tomorrow, yeah. Villanova. Yeah, that's exactly. Begins its next conquest hmm. of the yeah, national Yeah, we'll title. get your picks right at the end of this. But, um, any, I like Michigan. I would yeah, have thought you'd like have said Penn, but I guess not. I still think the best 16 seed ever to come into this tournament. But we'll get, we can True. debate that. No I question. No, right. no. Best 16 seed ever. Ever. Kansas. Yeah. Ooh, Kansas is Kansas tough. is playing. Um, I wish if they'd drawn Xavier. Would have, other other than the president, in, if somebody were to, uh, is there anybody you're watching in particular, somebody who's going to potentially do something interesting or find themselves at the uh, at, at the behest of an, of an interesting situation, <laughs> good or bad? Um, what, what are your thoughts? Anybody you... I keep waiting for uh, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell to stand up. I don't expect them to, but I'm still hoping they will. At some point, I think it's got to get so bad that one of them, more likely the speaker than the majority leader, actually stands up and says, enough. I'm watching Donald J. Trump no. to see what his next tweet is now. It's well, uh, find out here. Go ahead. <laughs> you filibuster while, I, I'll, I'll while fil I go to Twitter. No, I, I think let's see what the narrative is around PA18. Let's see um, what it is around <clears throat> Nancy Pelosi and, and kind of where that all goes. It is day two of the first four. Um, so we've got we've got two more games tonight, and then the official field will will be set. Um, Michigan's in as a three seed. Penn's in as a sixteen seed. Arkansas's <laughs> Actually, in as a seven seed. Um, and playing well, and, and, and playing playing quite yeah. well. All teams are. I mean, Penn Penn had a great Ivy League tournament. Yeah. Great comeback. Michigan won the Big Ten tournament. Huge, One of the hottest teams coming into yeah. the tournament right. now. What are your? Uh, uh, don't go Homer on me. Who do you like in this tournament? You gotta like Virginia, but but Michigan. I mean, if, if Bayline kept them tough over the last couple of weeks, 
Yeah, big layoff. Interesting. Big layoff, big layoff from the Big Ten tournament. I gotta go, but can I go back for a second and amend my last answer? Sure. Who am I watching? Stormy Daniels. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Sunday night, unless uh, unless well, Trump's legal team Stormy can, Daniels. can prevail. 60 minutes. That's yeah. another hero <laughs> that Donald Trump has brought to the American people. Uh, Jalen Brunson is the player of the year, even though he didn't win the Naismith Award. And I like uh, Villanova's chances, but I love the tournament altogether every year. Every game is worth watching, and especially this year. Yeah. There is no favorite. There is no favorite. Watch out. I do like uh, this is true. I, I do think of all the upset picks in your bracket, I think Arkansas beats Butler. Watch them to be mm. really competitive against Purdue. Yep. And if they do that, it's an easy 16 matchup to the eight against Villanova yep. Yep. in Boston, which we will not win. But – it would be a lot of fun if that actually does happen. I tend to think that, like to your point, and this is what makes Villanova competitive, I also think it's what what's makes Duke competitive. The team that's just got that marquee player is more likely than not to make a deep run in this tournament. Watch out. Watch out for Duke. I, I like them. And the only thing about Virginia, I'd say, is they haven't figured out how to master the NCAA tournament yet. Will this be the year? They got a tough draw, man. The yeah. committee did them yeah. no favors. Yeah, they yeah. did get a tough draw. Um, so, the so we'll see. Team, but it's a great, great couple of weeks. One more point while we're on – two points while we're on the subject. You, of course, everybody listening, of course, remembers that Villanova came out of the East Regionals in Boston – when they won the national title. So the geography is again good for Villanova. The really interesting team is Arizona, Mm. which has the player of the year perhaps, has a coach who is in a world of trouble, (laughs) but still on the bench coaching. They're all gonna be gone next year, the coach included. And you don't know whether that means they're going home early or they're not going home till they beat everybody. If if they're if, the team to, yeah, to watch. If, if you're if you're Virginia looking at your sixteen matchup of either Kentucky who just won the SEC tournament and Calipari may finally have them play it as a team for once, or Arizona yeah, you're who's not got happy. you're just really <laughs> not happy. If, conversely if you are if you <clears throat> Are Villanova? You're you're pretty thrilled with your bracket, but I do think I think I think uh, Michigan's Michigan's red hot. I love watching that. They're tough. I mean, they're, they're good. They're yeah. good. They're yeah. good. Uh, Abdul Rahman is. Uh, it's also my like player. favorite name to listen to the yeah. way they the way like they they when he does something great, it's just it's just <laughs> a great name to to pronounce. But I, it'll be fun. Good tournament. Good couple of weeks. Get your brackets in. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, and that's that's it. I, uh, I, mean, I I plan to win the Alderman family pool again you, this year, and then, and then and then and then be aced yeah. out of rec- receiving the actual prize. Well, sure. I mean, that's, that's how it works. Donated <laughs> to charity. It's um, just like we take the Trump administration approach. We yeah. donate all ill-gotten gains <laughs> go to charity. Yeah. Well, I will. I will. I will certainly thank everybody. Uh, if you didn't drop, we'll start talking <laughs> basketball. Thanks for thanks for hanging with us. Um, as as always, comments, questions. Uh, criticism of the moderator welcome um, presidential analysis at cozen.com um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes you can find it under the Beltway briefing um, or visit us at copublicstrategies.com for for this and future announcements we'll be back uh, April 5th um, with 
who knows what uh, by then. <laughs> something. Uh, something will According have happened. According to Sophie. Something will have happened by <laughs> then. Thanks, Sophie. And, and hopefully uh, we, we have good things to say about the Wildcats, the Wolverines, and the Razorbacks. So uh, until then, Mark Howard, thanks. Thanks, Blake. Thanks, everyone. Good job, Blake. Thank you.